How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 2 Not with an open hand, but with a fist. As the Supreme Commander of the Star Dreadnought, known informally as the Lady, and indeed of the whole of the Imperial Armed Forces, there was little that happened aboard the ship without Darth Vader knowing of it. However, as much as he despised the fact, that didn't always mean he understood the how or why of the matter. For example, did he know that a not insignificant portion of his officers would commit an act of egregious incompetence sometime in the too near future to the detriment of his sanity? Yes. Did he know the how and why of when it would happen, or what could possibly motivate the half-wits into the uh, undoubtedly wasteful and senseless loss of resources, both physical and mental? If he did, he would already have one less problem, and hopefully one more competent officer in their stead. Though admittedly, over the last half-year, the latter part of that statement had come to occur increasingly through demotions and dismissals instead of his usual, more permanent methods much to the relief and confusion of the crew, that they tried to hide such sentiments from him with varying degrees of success. It hardly mattered if they succeeded or not, however. All aboard the Lady knew the reasons for his change in behavior, and Vader himself was no exception. Luke Lars. A mystery who, no matter how Vader attempted to turn the situation over in his head for better analysis, he just couldn't seem to make sense of. The child was contrary to everything that he had come to expect and understand from life, cheerfully and carelessly flouting the norms he had come to see as ironclad rules of reality, a small star in the forest, and yet one whose gravity well bent and distorted all around it until they were left standing in a world where it somehow made sense for said star to willingly, happily, come bounding up to greet him with all the exuberance and openness of a child. It had left him floundering in a manner most embarrassing the first couple of times it had happened, but in his defense, no one had ever treated Vader as a welcome sight to see outside of an active battlefield, and even then said excitement was dubious at best. It simply didn't make sense for anyone to be delighted to see him, not when his presence inevitably heralded the coming of suffering and death to all. All but Luke. No matter what, the child seemed determined to stick with Vader like it was his force-ordained duty, and nothing thus far had been able to dissuade him from the erroneous assessment that Vader was someone to be... to be affectionate to, or someone to trust as a confidant. None of his usual methodologies or admittedly frigid countenance had been enough to scare the child off, and regardless of how little Vader even bothered to augment his usual behavior around Luke, the child always radiated joy and warmth upon seeing him just the same. It was odd, confounding, a mystery. Welcome. That last part had, in all honesty, taken him some time to admit even to himself, and when he did, he had admittedly acted on the realization in a manner most unbefitting to a Sith Lord, with panic. Shifting imperceptibly, the burning under his skin flared in symphony with his growing embarrassment as he recalled the memory of his reaction, eating away at his insides. Instinctively, he checked his shields to ensure no emotions leaked through. They had a nasty habit of slipping whenever he was in any kind of proximity to the child, whether it be physical or mental, so he had developed the tedious, 
but highly useful reflex of strengthening his fields whenever he so much as shifted in his emotional state. Unfortunately, that didn't prevent him from experiencing the emotions in the first place, and as time wore on, he found that he didn't necessarily want to prevent the experience, which was a terrifying revelation in and of itself. It spoke of the sheer extent to which Luke had managed to squeeze himself through the chinks in his armor when he realized his reaction to said revelation was not to immediately slam down all his shields and attempt to distance himself from the child. Instead, he had begun the horrifically mortifying and uncomfortable ordeal of, of allowing Luke to approach him further, of trying to keep as few obstacles in the child's path as possible, of trying not to flinch when he felt Luke's force presence press up against his own warm and content and joyful, of attempting not to panic with every new realization of just how far the child had already managed to weave himself into his life in just a few short months, of trying not to lash out in blind fear and hurt the child in the process whenever that realization hit just a little too close to his core. Try being the unfortunate and shamefully weak keyword in those sentences, sometimes, sometimes he didn't succeed and the sheer vulnerability of his position sent his instincts screaming until his whole body was stiff with tension and pain. The usually simmering heat just under his skin that made sure he never quite forgot the fires of Mustafar would heighten to a rolling boil and then escapable fire locked inside his suit that would rip and tear at what little scar tissue that still passed for skin. Burning. Blackening. Feeding into the dark, and the dark into it, until nothing but a vicious cycle remained that tore and ripped and rent his very being, until everything but his raw and bleeding insides were slashed away, leaving him twitching in silent, burning pain, that kept him a mere two seconds away from lashing out in all-consuming agony, a furious beast trapped in a prison of its own making with no escape left, and the pain. It hurt and burned and tore and rent, this roiling, screaming darkness that rung through his head like a never-ending siren, and it would not stop. Until... Until... Until Luke. Until a soft, piercing chime of concern in the forest would break through the impenetrable darkness like a pinprick of starlight and a howling night. Until the burning black fires of Mustafar dimmed into a soft, familiar warmth until a gentle, young voice full of worry would say, My lord? In the same way the troopers spoke a nickname. Until suddenly he felt like he could breathe again, despite the suit never allowing him to stop. Then there would be Luke, shining softly in the forest like a small star, concern, care, and compassion sparking off of him in a gentle patter that mimicked the tapping of rain against his force signature in a way it never again would against his skin none of which he deserved, and yet none of which he was able to resist. It was pathetic how much further he could still fall, leeching warmth off of another like a common Minoc would off of a ship. And yet he couldn't stay away, and Luke seemed disinclined to take matters into his own hands and chase him off in turn. He would in fact welcome him into whatever space he was occupying at the moment, and most baffling of all, seek Vader out when he felt it necessary the definition of which apparently included the mere desire to talk or exist in one another's presence. Baffling, confounding, impossible child. It echoed of something he had, for so long thought lost to him forever, something he had foolishly decided to act on with that gift he had given Luke, 
an act that would have given the child the right to cut all ties with him the moment he saw it, and yet on a whim he could hardly explain as anything other than force-induced madness running amok, whispering sands and half-forgotten heat of twin sons' folly and sentiment. He had gifted Luke a living plant. A decision that had begun eating him alive from the inside out the moment he had committed to going through with it, but that was hardly an unfamiliar sensation. He had gifted Luke a living plant, and while he couldn't have thought of a more appropriate gift for the child if he tried, he had nearly felt himself burn alive in the forest waiting for the inevitable reaction, the inevitable rejection. But it hadn't been rejected. He hadn't been rejected. Instead, Luke had greeted him just as brightly as ever the next time their paths had crossed, his forced signature humming with the same contentment and warmth that Vader had come to associate with the child. And he thanked Vader for the gift. That, more than anything, sparked a small flicker of the most terrifying emotion within him, hope. It had occurred to him too late that Luke was aware of Vader's own history with the abominable speck of dust orbiting two suns and the culture which had spawned upon it. But when Luke had excitedly begun babbling on about the Nubian culture surrounding the gift, his courage had deserted him, and he had contented himself with the fact that his gift had been received with the intended level of excitement, if not the desired message. Even so, the reminder of Naboo had cut deeper than anticipated when he had decided on that little piece of... that little piece of her. Sighing shallowly so that his vocoder wouldn't pick up on the sound, Vader turned his attention back towards the report that was given to him by Captain Piet. Neither of them were exactly enthused by the activity, but it was a tedious necessity of keeping a ship such as the Lady in peak form, and at the very least he would be able to collect the report on the mechanical section from Luke himself. And our patrol schedule, Captain, he interrupted the monotonous statement being made, stating the current amount of supplies aboard. How far along are we to correcting the delay caused by our rerouting? Three days since they had left Imperial Center, and he had driven the lady as fast as she could sustainably go. Officially, it was to recover the ground they had lost in their impromptu week of shore leave. In reality, to put as much distance between him and his master as feasibly possible. Though if Piet suspected anything about his true motives, he was wise enough not to let it show when he answered, "'We have made a steady recovery in our delay, my lord,' came the prompt answer as the man seamlessly switched between report sections. "'I would say that within another two days we will have caught up with the schedule of our originally projected route.' The best news he had received in a while that did not concern armor or ships. "'Excellent work, Captain,' he said with the barest dip of his head, a gesture that sparked a distinct sense of satisfaction within the man's force presence one of the calmest aboard the whole lady, even when in his direct proximity. Ensure the target is met. We have lost enough time already. Yes, my lord, Piet answered promptly, before something abruptly soured within the man's presence. Is something the matter, Captain Piet? He asked as lightly as the vocoder would allow, which nonetheless was still only on the softer end of a rumble, likely still indistinguishable to anyone who wasn't Luke. Piet hesitated for barely a moment before he spoke once more in a carefully measured tone. "'I'm afraid the Admiral has been something of a hindrance, my lord,' he admitted evenly, though the Force betrayed his flaring irritation with the man. "'He is quite insistent that we return to our last known position along the original patrol route and attempt to catch up from there.' "'Of all the inane and dim-witted—' "'He is aware,' he growled lowly, "'that doing so would add on an extra two weeks to our patrol schedule.' with no chance of recovering lost time. 
not to mention throw a significant spanner in his plans to remove him, Luke, and the whole of the lady from his master's presence as soon and far as possible. The dark itched under his skin at the thought, sucking its fangs in as it burned him, sapping him of his strength. Piet gave him a flat look that spoke measures. He believes that our absence in the original marked sectors will spark a revolt, the likes of which will start a rebellion, my lord. Then he seems to reconsider his own words with a slight tilt of his head. All that was the most I could extrapolate from his statements, I'm afraid they were rather incoherent towards the end. Growling in annoyance, Vader didn't even bother to acknowledge Piet's flinch at the sound. Ozzel. These days it seemed like any irritation brought to his attention held half a chance to concern Ozzel. Whatever had possessed the person who had seen fit to promote the person through the ranks he would never understand, especially since it meant he was now saddled with the obnoxious incompetent. Damn his badger for favoring pedigree over practicality or even common sense. The force hissed eagerly around him, writhing in thick, languid coils of savagery that reacted to his irritation with renewed waves of burning pain that settled just under his skin, a sensation he knew would not leave him until he found some form of catharsis, whether it be ridding himself of the source of his irritation or by other means. Unfortunately, Ozzel was currently neither in range nor giving him an airtight reason to be rid of him just yet, as in accordance to his agreement with Luke, so he forcibly tamped down on the pain with practiced efficiency and did his best to ignore the growing sirens going off in what remained of his nervous system. He'd have to see if he could visit Luke later and hope the child's infectious joy and peaceful force signature would soothe the worst of the pain. Having regained marginal control over his traitorous body, Vader huffed a sharp sound into the vocoder and glanced sideways at Piet once more, who he noted was watching him with all the wariness of prey ready to bolt. Wise man, another reason to keep him as an ally. Do not concern yourself with the Admiral, Captain, he ordered lowly, knowing it would carry his intent well. Stay the course. Guide the lady back to her patrol route. And should Admiral Oswald wish to register any complaints, direct him to me and ignore any further attempts made by him. He turned his full gaze upon the captain, and the force shivered around the man with a sliver of discomfort. You have my full permission to bypass his authority in this matter. Do you understand? Piet nodded promptly and kept his signature blank expression, even as he radiated an uneasy elation. Yes, my lord. I understand. Good, he rumbled. I... Pain... The sensation screeched through the force like a siren, ringing through his mind and turning his blood to ice once it registered that it wasn't his own. Someone, somewhere on the lady, was in terrible pain. Pain screaming, fire, panic, pain. It roared through the tentative bond that had been establishing itself over the last few months like a wild beast, and though it was barely more than a few gossamer filaments stretching across the length of the lady, they were currently blindingly bright with nothing less than sheer agony that nearly stopped his heart cold. Luke. The moment that thought took hold in his mind, the sheer nova of pain and panic dropped out of existence until a mere whisper remained, dimmed down to something dull and unresponsive. The small dot of light that marked out the soul-warm presence within this ship, flickering like a candle flame in the wind. Scrambling to grasp the fading threads of the tenuous bond stretching between him and Luke, he tried sending pulse after pulse of frantic worry through the bond, with a strength that even someone with minimal force sensitivity would be able to feel loud and clear. Worry easily grew into panic when the only response he garnered was a sluggish nudge back, 
barely a whisper of awareness sparking through before it stilled once more, still flickering with muted pain and shock filtered through a haze of what he assumed to be unconsciousness. Something had gone incredibly wrong. Something had hurt Luke. Those thoughts raced back and forth through his mind like sound bouncing around an echo chamber, distorting further and further with each deflection until all that was left was a roar of white noise inside his mind as his entire world shifted on its axis until he had only one remaining priority, get to Luke as fast as he could and make him stop hurting. My lord? Piet's voice filtered back into Vader's reality as he rapidly pinpointed his own position within the lady in relation to Luke, nearly on autopilot. Is something the matter? I sense a disturbance, Vader interrupted flatly. For once grateful for how his vocoder communicated everything he said into a near monotone, he didn't bother to wait for Piet's reaction as he spun around on his heel and dashed off with as much hate as he could, his fear whipping the dark into a frenzy that shook the air until it hummed. Order a medical team to the workshop, he commanded as he began picking up the pace. Now! Piet's response was cut off as he skidded around the corner of the hall, and he didn't care to know what it might have been as long as the man executed his orders with all due diligence. He rushed through the hallways of the lady with as much speed as he could muster, his bones jarring painfully with each thudding step against prostheses not made for any kind of running, his respirator struggling to keep up with his demand for oxygen. He ignored it all and kept an anxious eye on the still stable but dangerously dim force presence that marked the single spot of joy within the gargantuan metal skeleton of the lady. Too much time. It would take him far too much time to reach Luke's location, and his cumbersome body just wouldn't move like he needed it to. The dark prodded against him sharply with the next jolt of pain, and with a snarl, he remembered that he didn't need to adhere to its feeble boundaries. It adhered to him. He grasped and pulled the raw, untamed dark into his battered and failing body. His connection strengthened even further with the furious desperation. A rush of liquid shadow and power suffused him, and the machinery that kept him alive, heartbeat held within a metal-fortified cage as his blood roared in his veins. Within seconds, the pain was fading into a background haze as he forced his body to sustain speeds that would break lesser men and machines. He would not fail here. With the dark pulsing around and through him in a mimicry of a heartbeat, he reoriented everything within him until every fiber of his being was focused on nothing but getting to the faint speck of light that had once been the shining star in the tapestry of the Force. The Force, the dark, both fueling and driving him ever forward, extending his senses until he could feel every soul aboard, the very metal of the ship, and the vast void around it, all whispering with power. Power which he used handily, when he came upon the first locked door. A flash of anger, a shot of power, and the shrieking of bending metal rung through the air as the door burst outwards in three separate pieces, wiring still sparking. The crewmates in the hallway behind it startled, but he hardly registered them any longer than it took for them to press themselves to the sides of the hall once they recognized him, fear and shock saturating everything as they all competed to make themselves as small and unobtrusive as possible. Good, it would keep them out of his way. The few unfortunates who didn't register his approach in a timely manner, he threw aside with a well-aimed lash of the force, flinging them into the walls without a care for what may happen to them. They'd recover. He pushed himself to reach ever greater speeds as everything faded into one shrieking mass of agony that he sent out into the force, the ship, the void. It hardly mattered as long as it bled off the excess so it wouldn't drown out Luke's signature. 
Tearing another door out of its frame without breaking his stride, he finally came upon the elevator shafts that would bring him down to the level he needed. Which level? One of the troopers stationed there asked him, their level-headed tone marking them out as a veteran member of the 501st. He ignored them in favor of sending out a pulse of the four to see which shaft was unoccupied on the way down. It immediately informed him to tear the doors off of the center-right entrance with vicious prejudice. He didn't have the time to wait for an elevator to take him down to where he needed to be. Not waiting for the jagged pieces of metal to clear the frame, he dashed through the opening and threw himself down the elevator shaft. Even the fall seemed far too slow from his perspective as metal and cables rushed past in a blur, his own heightened senses a curse as his position began to level out in relation to Luke's. Sheer reflexes were what allowed him to strike out with sufficient speed when he'd reached the correct level, the durasteel fingertips of his prosthesis digging into the walls of the elevator shaft with shattering force, allowing him to slow down his descent as the metal split into deep gouges with ear-shattering shrieks under the force of his grip. White-hot sparks flew around him as the synth leather of his glove shredded into nothing, leaving only the bare durasteel of his prosthesis as he forced the metal in his fingers to keep its shape despite the abuse. He gritted his teeth against a snarl as he made metal, bone, and flesh alike resist warping, breaking, and tearing under the tremendous shock and stress they were subjected to. The connector ports in his arm and support struts in his shoulders yanked dangerously, but kept dutifully in place. Another offhand lash of the force sent the doors just below him flying out of their frame with a bang, the shrieks of twisting metal harmonizing with those of startled crewmates diving out of the way to avoid the high-velocity metal debris. Paying no mind to the wave of panic and confusion that swept through the lobby in front of him, Vader braced himself against the wall and kicked off with as much force as he could muster, shooting through the newly created opening and into the elevator station with a furious roar of desperation. This station was unfortunately far more crowded than the last one, and he snarled with irritation as he dashed through regardless of who or what got in his way. The quick-witted among the crowd hastily dove out of the way once they realized his trajectory. The slower amongst them eventually did the same after a force blast sent them sprawling like rag dolls. Vader paid none of them any mind as he continued his mad dash towards the head engineer's workshop. Luke was still sending out sluggish, pain-filled nudges through the force as he made clumsy, instinctive attempts at calling for aid in something... Something twisted painfully in Vader's chest as another weak call for aid brushed up against the outer boundaries of the howling tempest of his mind. Tearing around the corner of the main passageway towards the hangars, he began pulling as much power as he could into his body for the five-kilometer-long stretch ahead. The wide, arching, and cavernous multi-layered highway passage A4, which connected twenty-five levels bow to stern, was to the lady what an artery was to a humanoid, vital and always pounding with the beat of life as hundreds of thousands of beings passed through it each and every moment. While normally Vader would welcome this as a sign of the lady's usual efficiency, it now only sparked a bone-deep frustration. He bellowed out a roar of fury. The sound amplified through his vocoder into something truly inhuman that reverberated through the A4 and warned all ahead of what was coming and to get out of the way. As crewmates noticed the raging storm of black armor weave and glinting durasteel rushing towards them with terrifying speed, a corridor and the sea of bodies occupying the A4 rapidly opened up in front of Vader. A part of him rumbled in satisfaction at no longer having to waste the energy to toss any blockades out of his way. Fear, shock, panic, confusion, and trace amounts of curiosity permeated the air around Vader as he pushed the dark onwards, the world beginning to blur together at the edges of his vision as everything but his goal faded out of view. The dark flared out around him, feeding him all the information his senses could no longer be bothered to register as they focused on the one thing that was important. 
Another brush of the severely weakened force signature sent him snarling like a beast as he pulled and scraped and clawed at all the dark he could muster just to give him that slight edge in speed, just that extra bit of momentum that sent him flying down the last few hundred meters of the A4 at a pace faster than any of the onlookers would be able to track. The hallway ended in a branching point, sending the traffic within it to all corners of the lady, and skidding around the corner, Vader finally saw the grand gate of the main hangar. Fifty meters tall, seventy wide, and operated by eight heavy-duty hydraulics on both sides, they were truly the behemoth guardians of the main hangar. They were also blocking the fastest route to Luke. Grinding his teeth as the looming gates dawned on him, he braced himself against what he was about to do as he rushed forwards. The dark hissed under his control as he gathered it close, writhing and boiling under his skin with anticipation. The whole corridor, floor, ceiling, the grand gates, hummed around him, every molecule, every atom, all interwoven with the very force, all eager to follow his command. Good. With steel-toed boots pounding against the floor, he threw himself forward with an earth-shattering bellow in his throat as he rammed the gates with a full force blast. Metal bent, tore, and shattered under the impact like clay and the grand gate swung open in a way sliding doors were never designed to do, wailing a lament in the structural failure of three-meter-thick solid metal plating as they collapsed in dozens of different pieces. The debris of the ruined gate rained down around him as he charged through the carnage. He vaguely registered screaming around him, and the force rung out with the panic and terror of the hangar's occupants, but he shrugged it all off with an irritated growl. He was so close now, so close. The hallway to the workshop was little more than a click away, and desperation grew within him as he felt Luke's nudges slowly weaken with each attempt. His own body cried out in empathetic agony with each flare of pain he felt from across the fledgling bond, and he knew he hardly had the time to spare. The hangar blurred around him, and sounds registered oddly when they registered at all. Though the world appeared as if it were stuck in a tractor beam, Vader himself felt like he was the only thing that remained moving. He barreled down the hallway and towards the double blast doors that marked his so desperately sought destination. After the things he had just done to get there, yanking them out of their frame with vicious strength was barely an action worthy of note. Stumbling into the workshop and slowing down for the first time in his mad dash to get here, he immediately swept the dark through the buzzing, glowing, whirring room that was the main chamber for that elusive head of messy light hair and bright eyes. Disoriented and thoroughly frantic at this point, he poured himself into every gap of the room, soaking into the walls, the air, and producing a sound that was dangerously close to a gasp when he located Luke's signature just a little ways above him on the second floor. Clawing his way up there as fast as he could manage, he finally noted the way the world seemed redder and darker than what could reasonably be ascribed to the lenses of his thrice-damned mask. When he distantly registered his HUD warning him of smoke and increased heat, his throat clenched up in fear, further constricting his already burning airways. No, not Luke. Flickering light from the corner of his eye only confirmed his worst fears, and the sirens in his head grew louder with the mere idea that Luke would have been exposed to that. He turned his way towards what he vaguely recognized as the 3D printer room. Tearing open the already slightly warped and creaking door, Vader's heart jumped into his already constricted throat when the distinct dancing light of fire filled his view, only to plummet to the bottom of his stomach when he registered the prone form lying on the ground. He looked so small, Vader distantly thought. Though his mind struggled to process what it was seeing, his body numbly steering him over to the figure. There on the ground, surrounded by a smear of dark, viscous fluid that stuck to Vader's boots as he stepped closer, was Luke. 
Kneeling down while ignoring the shrieking protest of his body against the movement, Vader lifted a trembling... How was it trembling? Machines didn't tremble. Hand towards the child. Attempting to gentle the iron grip of Durasteel into something resembling a caress. Soft, whimpering sounds were escaping from Luke's mouth as his whole face was twisted in pain. A fact emphasized with the sheer amount of burns covering the right side of his face, stretching across the bridge of his nose, missing his eye by a hair's breadth, dark, cracking the skin where there was any left, and... Not Luke. A pitiful voice repeated in the back of his mind, swallowing uncomfortably against something that seemed to have lodged itself in his throat. Vader turned his gaze away from Luke's mangled face with great difficulty to inspect the child for any further wounds. The pair of overalls he wore were made to be resistant to higher temperatures, but even the specialized fabric hadn't been able to fully ward off the heat of whatever had happened here. Several holes had been scorched into the fabric, and the skin peeking through had been badly burned, though thankfully the fabric hadn't fused with it. Desperately clinging to the latter fact, he lowered his gaze to where said fabric was soaked through with a viscous fluid that stained the washed-out black even darker. Past Luke's shoulder, upper arm, elbow, and... and... A sound like that of a wounded animal shivered through the air low and keening, and he wondered what was producing it until he realized his voice box was shuddering under the strain. It hardly registered as he stared at the space where there should have been flesh and bone covered by skin and fabric where there should have been more of Luke. Instead, there was nothing but a bloody, gaping wound, with only a few dangling threads of seared sinew and muscle still clinging to shattered fragments of blackened bone. The viscous fluid seeped sluggishly onto the floor, and there was the hollow thought that the heat of the blast at least seemed to have partially cauterized the wound. The wound that wasn't... that should have been... not Luke... He had long cursed the brutish imprecision of his mechanical limbs and every tongue he knew, despising them for needing every little movement to be guided by the Force, lest they crush whatever he was trying to hold. But now, as the dark seemed so far away, and the brightest star in the sky lay bleeding on the ground, he found that no language could have ever expressed the sheer loathing he felt towards them as he attempted to gather the child into his lap with a gentleness they were never built for. With each whimper that left burnt and ruined lips, he found that he had never before wished so fervently that his design would allow for kindness of comfort rather than the punishment of pain. With a tenderness in his movements that could only be afforded to him by the Force, he pulled Luke into his lap, buoying the child's body with soft pulses of the dark that would not jostle any injuries he might not see. Burning and black, the dark should not have tolerated this amount of weakness in him, but even it seemed to croon with worry at each pained whine and did not protest against its paradoxical use. Gathering Luke's bleeding and battered body close, a gush of ashen tendrils of darkness allowed his mantle to wrap carefully around the child's shivering form. It would have to do. It would have to. At least until aid arrived. And that should have already been here. Fire sparked to life somewhere inside him, and the rest of him desperately grabbed onto it with everything it had. Anything to shift focus. Coward. Something inside him hissed, and he couldn't do anything but agree. He didn't even bother to try and physically reach for his comlink, both his hands occupied with something far more important than it could ever be, but a jolt of the Force thankfully accomplished much the same. It floated up in front of him, 
And another jolt immediately contacted the one officer whom he could likely stand to communicate with at the moment. The connection crackled with static for a moment, and then rapidly cleared up as the familiar voice of Captain Piet filtered through. My lord, what is your- Where is the medical team, Captain? He interrupted brusquely, his patience with the world around him hanging by a single fraying thread. I distinctly remember ordering one to the workshop, and yet there is no one to be seen. A strangled noise made its way across the transmission, and he absentmindedly checked to see if his displeasure wasn't making itself known within the force. The captain had yet to fail him, and it wouldn't do to let the dark run amok on someone who had done nothing yet to deserve it, especially not one so competent. My lord, Piet finally worked out. My lord, are you saying you're at the workshop? Yes, he cut in. And I do not see a medical team here, Captain. Where are they? I... I... I Piet uncharacteristically stammered out. My lord. He finally managed. It's only been eight minutes. Your point being, he growled out, Head Engineer Lars has been severely injured and requires immediate medical assistance. Ensure that it gets here. With a jab of the force, he cut the line of communication before he could truly lose his patience. As useful as his rage was to power the dark side, there was a great well of pain and suffering situated right in his lap at the moment, and he would not have the dark feet off of it. Not Luke. Silence set in, permeated only by the ever-present cycling of his respirator and the pained, pitiful whimpers of a child who never should have known the sensation of fire eating away at his flesh, who should have never needed to learn to live without a part of himself who should have never needed to know how to maintain a prosthetic limb. The dark drew closer around them, and he tensed, bracing himself to ward it off from feeding on Luke in such a weakened state. The child needed his rest and strength to heal, and he would not have the dark take it from him. Muscles tensed as he reached out to the dark, readying himself to either throw it off or direct it back to his own suffering if necessary, only to find that it flowed around his reach as easily as water pooling gently around Luke and humming softly with concern and care. Staring wide-eyed at the impossibility in front of him, he witnessed through sight and mind as the dark slowly wound itself around the injured child like an elderly loth cat, black tendrils gentle on deep wounds purring of relief and a painless rest. The child at his lap sighed softly and went limp, as both agony and remaining consciousness slipped away into a deep, Force-induced coma, the likes of which too closely mirrored a healing trance to be coincidence. Drawing the now fully unconscious child closer to him, he watched in fascination as the dark easily followed, wrapping around the both of them in a sensation that was not quite an embrace or a shield, but resembled both close enough that he couldn't find a better word for them. Black as the void, and shot through with the sensation of fire, it seemed a paradox to see this self-same dark brush against Luke's dimmed force presence with such tender care. But here it was, slowly releasing the stored tension in his body. He could only watch and wonder as the dark, the vicious, fiery, feral dark, curled around Luke, tame as could be and singing softly of sleep and rest. Baffling, confounding, impossible child, he echoed quietly to himself, Carefully drawing his mantle closer around the child, sensing that his body temperature was dropping fast now that unconsciousness had set in and the results of blood loss were becoming apparent. 
The armor weave wasn't especially suited to be used to cover up the sensitive burn wounds or fresh amputation stubs, but with the dark still inexplicably humming with relief from the pain, he deemed it a worthwhile risk until the medical team arrived. The medical team that still hadn't arrived. Growling in frustration, he sent out a pulse of the force to see what was keeping them when someone so drastically needed their aid. A pulse which turned up near useless when all that echoed back at him from the lady at large was varying degrees of panic, fear, shock, and confusion, which did exactly nothing to help his already agitated temperament. Drawing deeper into the force, he filtered out the confusion, panic, and shock. The medics he was looking for would likely be harried, yes, but he knew the medical personnel aboard the lady to be made of a sterner breed than the average crewmate. They had to be able to manage any injuries acquired by both the 501st and Death Squadron, and he expected nothing less from them, which left them standing out as a single grain of sanity in a storm of chaos. Headed directly their way. Good. Carefully drawing on the dark, near fearful to break the spell it seems to be under, but needing it to gentle the roughness of dusty alarms on a broken body, he lifted Luke onto a bed of blackened air, buoying the child until he rested feather-light in Vader's arms the writhing darkness bafflingly acquiescing. His body screamed in pain as he rose to his feet. He ignored it all in favor of tucking Luke securely against his chest, hoping the child was deep enough into unconsciousness that the discomfort of hard plasticeel armor wouldn't register. With the soft breaths of Luke fogging against his chest plate, he set out to meet the medical team halfway. They'd waited long enough. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.